The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. Welcome down to the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti. Pull up a stool in my nine-foot homemade oak bar and pour yourself a cold one. For the next 30 minutes or so, we'll take you around Evergreen Park, try to cover things that are happening in the EP and around the South Side. And a lot of things that we are recording and giving you in this on-demand show that comes out every Monday by the time you wake up and see the sunrise. A lot of it comes from our live shows that have started since this pandemic broke out. Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., Friday afternoons at 4 p.m. You can listen live on the Podbean app. Now get that through any app store and any device that does apps. And one easy way to do that is to go direct to the eppodcast.com, which is powered by Podbean, to be able to download the app as well. This show is available, though, everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com. And all I ask from you is that if you listen to one of our sponsors, if you hear something about a business, support them. We've got good people coming on this show and advertising on it, and they need your help more than ever these days with everything up in the air. If you're able to help out, please do so. So as my co-host Hannah settles in, let's get this thing underway, and away we go. Look at all those people in this great suburb, driving down 95th and Ked Z. What a great place. It's called Evergreen Park, but we know it better as the EP. We're known for more than just the Unabomber. Remember Ted Kaczynski? You guys might even remember that big old rooster on 95th Street. It's all part of EP's history. So listen up to the EP podcast. You might be asking why because we talk about all things and we celebrate all the great things in the 60805 it's the ep podcast all things evergreen park it's the ep podcast evergreen park i think what came out from the governor of the state of Illinois does not mesh very well with what we heard from village trustee Mark Marzullo. I think there's a clash I there. I think, I, there's, I, think, I think there's a little bit of a difference between the opinion of Evergreen Park and what they think should be happening and what the governor thinks should be happening. But before the we get to any of that. The governor is out of touch with Evergreen Park. The <laughs> <laughs> governor's out of touch with a lot of things, okay? I mean, I, I think. <laughs> I don't think he really understands the, the needs of the citizens yeah. of Evergreen Park. I think that's kind of low on his. First off, I have learned of multiple, and I'm not giving them away. I'm not a rat. I'm not going to tell anybody what they are because, you know what? I haven't been to them, so I don't know if it's true. I have heard of multiple speakeasies that have opened up. As a direct response to what the governor said about the fact that he basically he's saying he's not opening up any bars or restaurants. If you look at that plan uh, until until there's a vaccine in 18 months. Uh, No, that's that's not going to that's not going to work. I have heard of multiples so far. The, The other thing is Orland Park put some stuff up on their website that seems to indicate they intend to open up no matter what. So I feel like the dominoes are going to start falling. Now, we're going to get into that in just a little bit. We're going to talk about it because there's a lot to digest, especially when you talk about uh, what Mark Marzullo talked about 
Uh, you know, he was on the podcast. He's on demand with us right now. You can go check that out after you listen to this episode. But whatever Green Park was talking about in terms of reopening and what they thought the timeline should be, we'll dive into all that in just moments. But as you can hear, joining me in the background and on the line with us right now, one of my favorite businessmen on all the South Side, because the man is constantly coming up with new and exciting ideas. And he he was built for this kind of adversity. John Brand from Open Outcry joins us on the line. How are you, John? I'm good, Chris. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I've got some Open Outcry beer in front of me that I ordered today. So uh, we're, oh, we're you de- did. What'd you get? Oh, I, I, I purposely went out and got your, your Blueberry Speculator to try. Excellent. I've never had it before, so we're, we're definitely going to talk about that today. And then I got the Big Brown. And uh, I, I got Excellent. that. I also got the dark pool. I don't have it in front of me. I've had it before, though. I got your dark pool that's got the banana, and I want to say it's got cocoa nibs in it and maybe some lactose added to it, if I'm right. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, which we're really happy. We're really proud of that beer, actually. Uh, and that's selling really well right now. It's a, it's a 12% beer. So I think people are, are, um, are, are seeking that for some relief. I think everybody's tolerance is way up. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think right now, like, I feel like I'm in college shape right now. I, you know, like, I feel like I'm in, I think my liver and my, and my tolerance level when it comes to alcohol is up at where Chris was at, let's say, 23 years old. That's, I don't know if I can keep doing it at the rate that I did at 23 years old, but I feel like right now, 43-year-old, soon to be 43 years old on this Saturday, 43-year-old Chris could drink 33-year-old Chris under the table right now. <laughs> Based about the intense training I've been doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. I want you to tell me a little bit about this speculator blueberry that I have. And and then I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit about, you know, what you think about current events. But before we get to that, tell me a little bit about this this speculator, the blueberry one. Because I've had the speculator before, but, and I'm normally anti-blueberry. And to be honest with you, John, this is going to be my first sip as you start to tell me about it. Okay. So you're going to get, you're getting a true, you're getting a true review from somebody who is is very picky about his blueberry ales. My wife loves it. She's the one that wanted it. But I said I was going to try it on the show. She's like, you got to have it. So tell me a little bit about this one. And I, and I hope you're honest with your critique in real time on the beer. So uh, the Speculator Cream Ale is our bestseller. Uh, the Cream Ale style, if, if you don't know, is in terms of the 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 world of ales, it's, it's about as close to a, a, a domestic lager as you're going to get in terms of uh, carbonation levels, the, the the color of the beer, the the brightness of the beer, and the and the taste of it, um, but it still uses ale yeast, and it's been a good beer for us because it's introduced a lot of folks on the south side that weren't necessarily enthusiastic about craft beer, to craft beer, because it's a very approachable beer. Um, if folks folks are probably most familiar with the cream ale style through two brands, one is Little Kings, and the other one would be. Uh, new, the new Glarus Spotted Cow. Those are both cream ales, and uh, ours was inspired by those. And it's become, since we've opened our bestseller, we will occasionally do a fruited version of the Speculator based on feedback uh, and requests from our customers. And the Blueberry is our probably our number one requested uh, variant of the Speculator. We use uh, fresh blueberry puree, like we do in all the fruited Speculators. We do. We, we try. We don't try to go overwhelming. We want it to be subtle. We just want you to get the blueberry aromas in the nose and maybe a little bit on the palate. Um, so if you're expecting an overwhelming blueberry beer like some of the blueberry beers out there, that's not going to be this on purpose. We, we, we still want it to be approachable and not turn people off. 
No, this um, is this is a really good. This I'm going to tell you something right now. I uh, the first thing I did when I drank it, I was like, I actually prepared myself because I always feel like blueberry beers can get too sweet or too sour. Prepare yourself how? And, well, your pants are still on, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how I drink beer in my house, John. Stop asking questions. I can all, well, you're, my imagination, my imagination is running wild right now, Chris. Hey, I, this is the first time I've actually put pants on in three days. I did it just for the podcast. <laughs> Because it would have felt weird. All right. No, um, yes. but I prepared myself because I always feel like they're too tart and they're overwhelming. And this wasn't, as you said, it, it it's a little bit on the palate and a little bit on the nose, but, but it still, it, it does, I, it doesn't overwhelm me. And that's what I like about it. I actually like it because I could see myself sitting back and drinking one of these, especially it's a, it's a great spring summer beer. This is a perfect time for this to come out, but I love the fact that it didn't overpower me with the blueberries. That's what I really liked about so it. So th- that's where we settled on. We've had versions of the blueberry speculator in the past where we were aggressive with the blueberry, and we we're so aggressive to the to the to the point that it changed the 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 appearance, the color of the beer. It gave it a blue purple hue. Uh, but for me personally, I don't like my fruited beers to be over overwhelming. I like it more subtle. I like it in the aroma in the nose to make it a little bit more interesting, especially a beer that I drink every day, like the speculator. Uh, but I also don't want, I don't want to be sucking on a blueberry yeah. or any fruit that we use. So that's, that's the approach that we've taken when fruiting the, the speculator here. And we have other versions that we do that people like we've done uh, raspberry, we've done strawberry, banana, we've done blueberry, we've done mango, uh, we've done tangerine and we've done blood, blood orange, all of which are relatively subtle. And that's been our approach with that. So now let me let me ask you a question as a business owner, and I'm really curious about this. And I'm going to kind of give you the background of what where this is coming from. This question today, or actually yesterday and today, and I bumped into not less than four different owners of restaurants and bars. None of them are involved in what I'm talking about here, but they are aware that now you have bars that can't serve food like you're lucky enough to do it who have looked at what the governor came out and said with his reopening order, and it looks like basically you're going to have to wait for a vaccine before you can open up your restaurant. Not lo- not like how Indiana's doing it with, like, you know, you're going to be able to go half half of your occupancy. It looks like it's going to be, you're just going to be closed. And some of these some of these guys have told me there's already speakeasies popping up. Now, you don't have that problem, but guys are getting desperate when they're out there. It sounds like things are going well for open outcry, but that couldn't have been good news for you yesterday when you saw what the phases were and how you're kind of looped in in Beverly, not only to what's going on in your area, but you're looped in with the entire northeastern part of Illinois, that if they're having an outbreak on the west side or something like that or up on the near north side, it affects whether or not you're opening up. And now I'm hearing things today in the last couple of hours, Orland Park has posted a bunch of things that they put up on their website saying that we sent all these plans to the governor's office and they ignored them. And you see Peoria has already opened up their village. You're located in Chicago. You're near Evergreen Park. But th- all this news, everything that's going on, what's your instant reaction to that? Or what's your reaction after kind of soaking in what's going on over the last 24 hours as a business owner and a, and a guy that owns a, a, a restaurant but really focuses on the beer? Uh, that's, <laughs> there's the reaction. <laughs> well, I feel I, bad. I feel bad asking the question, but I can't imagine it's positive, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the quick answer is challenging, right? I mean, the last 24 hours have been challenging to try to digest what you know, what, what we're looking at, I, I, you know, you talked about other, 
uh, other colleagues of ours on Western Avenue and in the, on the South Side in Evergreen Park, Oak Lawn, Beverly, Morgan Park, Mount Greenwood that, um, that don't have the benefit of being able to serve food, right? And doesn't give them that optionality to open and try to try to serve their their customers. I, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that, that this, you know, we just got lucky. This happens to be our business model. We have food along with our beer. So I'm very fortunate. Honestly, I, I don't want to give you a lame answer or a cop-out answer. I'm trying to see the, the, the bright side of all this stuff. There has been good that has come out of this. It has forced us to take a look at the way we operate our business and it's exposed inefficiencies in our business that we're now taking, we've had now have the time to take action on and correct. It's allowed us to make improvements to uh, the way the interior of the space functions and operates. It's made us, it's allowed us to make take opportunities to improve the technology that we run this business on, which is all great. But uh, do I want to open up the doors immediately? Yes. Did I anticipate opening up the doors on June 1st? Up until yesterday, I did. Um, do I understand the anxiety that many folks in our country are feeling right now as it relates to this? I do. Uh, do I have distrust with the information and the data that we're all consuming? I do. I, I don't know what the right answer is. There's a lot of, like, I'll pull a Donald Rumsfeld. When Donald Rumsfeld, I don't know if you remember this press conference, when he said there's a lot of unknown unknowns. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember right? that. So, so that's what we're living in right now. There's a lot of unknown unknowns, and it makes it even more challenging when you don't know who you should be listening to or where you should consume your news or who you should consume your news from or to what extent there's integrity in the data and the numbers and all that. Again, I don't want to come off as dismissing how very serious this is because it's a serious thing, but uh, there are templates for other ways that countries and states and municipalities have opened or operated in a, in a, in a safe way. Uh, I think there definitely is other ways we can go about doing this. I was planning on opening June 1st when the, the, the station, the shelter in place orders stopped. I personally would have felt comfortable doing that provided we followed all the rules that we're going to be, that we assume are going to be put in place in terms of limiting our occupancy, uh, sanitate, enhanced sanitation protocols for bars and restaurants, the masks, the, the distancing of tables, all those things we were we were we were you know planning and we were going to do to open up in a safe way. I am not diminishing the the danger of this thing, uh, but there's you know there's 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 other ways to do this. I think. No, I agree with you. I think, and to your point, you can always fall back on what Village Trustee of Evergreen Park, Mark Marzullo, said on our last show. When he sat there and he said, look, we can reopen these businesses. These these businesses are ready to go and they're coming up with plans. And it'd be very easy for a municipality to be able to keep track of it. Not only that, but if you walked into a place and you felt like it was too crowded and you felt like there wasn't anybody walking around with the protective equipment, people would turn around and walk out. And businesses know they can't survive unless they're following what the rules are that are in place. And his thing was at some point you have to understand that the, in, in the free enterprise system, a, a place, and I'm going to use you an ex, as an example, a place like open outcry could sit there and say, okay, we're going to take out this many tables. We're going to, we're going to use that upper deck a lot more 
because we're going to have it outside in the summertime and we can spread out things that are going on there. We're going to open up those front windows. We're going to make sure that our people are wearing certain protective equipment so that we don't have to, the people that are there to eat. You know, we're not expecting them to wear the mask. We want to make sure that we're, we're going to be the ones that fall on that sword to be able to serve them. But there'd be some kind of thing. There'd be the idea that we can tell some of these restaurants, turn into a cafe, put, put some, put some tables outside to add to the amount of people you can have in there and still spread them out. And all these different ideas have been floated and it just kind of feels like you guys got the short end of the stick in this whole thing. And it's frustrating to me to read it because there are good businessmen out there and women, and there are, there are great businesses and restaurants and bars. And it is going to be a shame if they can't survive through this thing. I'm very proud of open outcry with what you're doing, John, I'm telling you, you're at the forefront of every idea, everything from Mr. Hops running around at Easter to, to, to how you're releasing your drinks and how you're how you're delivering everything. You're doing a great job. But man, at some point, somebody I mean, it feels like you're a boxer in the ring. You've gone 15 rounds and you're waiting for somebody to kind of ring the bell here and give you a breath. And it's not <laughs> happening, right? Yeah, it's round, I think we're in round eight. How many rounds is this? Thing? Oh, man, it's infinite right now. I don't know where the color code is that tells you where the rounds are over on that silly chart that was put up. But I mean, like it's infinite. Well, I, you know, I, I think I, you know, born and raised on the south side of Chicago, and I always bought into the the American ideal, right? Um, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, the freedoms that we have here. Uh, and sorry if I go, I'm, I'm not, I'm not intending to go political, but I am talk, speaking about things that I have given a lot of deep thought to in the last month or so. And uh, I've always felt that way, but I do think in the last six weeks, it's really forced me to truly consider, truly consider how fortunate we are to live in this country. Because although there are a lot of folks that are fearful about civil liberties being eroded away, uh, and I share that fear, uh, there's a lot of folks worried about overreach of government, and I share that, share that fear, fear as well. The fact of the matter is, is that we are still talking about this publicly, and there's public discourse and debate. Now you can argue whether or not this debate that's going on is, uh, you know, in a manner that it should be done, but it still is happening. And there's a lot of places on planet Earth where you can't even have these conversations, even though these conversations we're having right now are contentious and polarizing and folks are very, very rooted in their convictions and how they feel about this and seems to be falling in line with your political affiliations. That's unfortunate, but the but the fact of the matter is, is that there's discourse happening that doesn't happen in very many places on this planet or in history, and we should all still recognize that. We should still understand how fortunate we are to be able to even have a conversation to say, I disagree with what my governor or elected official is saying, and we can talk about it, and we can debate it, and there's 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 ways for the, the populace to push in the way they want to push, right? And it's going to be hard, and it's going to be a lot of arguing and a lot of um, hurt feelings and a lot of, a lot of butting heads and maybe, maybe something slightly worse. But, but, I, but I am confident we will figure it out. I agree with you, John, and I think that was well said, and I think it did a good job kind of conveying a thought that's been rolling around in my head as well. That's John Brand right there, and John, I appreciate you coming on as always. I'm drinking right now his, uh, his Big Brown Ale 
which is uh, spectacular. It's always one of my favorites when I go over there. And we also tried out today. We tried out the uh, uh, the blueberry speculator ale. Uh, that's a that's a great spring summer ale. Make sure that you go online. Go get. You can actually order the beer online or just contact Open Outcry. Yeah, uh, shoot. What's what's the what's the address again? It's openoutcrybrewing.com. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. We're uh, the email. The, the web address is www.openoutcrybrewing.com. Yeah, uh, we're 10934 Southwestern. Uh, our online store is up and running. You can order uh, beer and merch through the online store if you want some uh, great. Great pizza. You have to call. We don't have that online yet, uh, but we have a number of people working the phones, and we have a lot of people out driving around, driving pizzas all over the neighborhood. I look forward to getting to sit inside of your uh, your establishment someday, drink a beer, and talk about this when it when it used to be this way. Once we've gotten through this, you will. I promise, and I also promise this is this is the first and last time I ever get sentimental, sappy, or, <laughs> or borderline political or patriotic. You on did your, a good job. On your show. You did a good job. That's hard. To, it's hard to get that point across. You did a good job, John. Well, a lot of people don't want to hear it, uh, and, I, and I'm sorry for that. Well, if they don't want to hear it, they shouldn't listen to the next 15 minutes because I'm ready to go. Chris, you need those, you need those listeners, so just be pragmatic. <laughs> Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708 425 1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. I enjoyed my time with John. He's already sent me a text saying I'm sorry. I don't know what he's apologizing. He did so good. I don't know what he's apologizing for. I think he did a good job. Look, that's an honest reaction. So well spoken. From a guy who's got a business on the south side that he has done everything he can to keep going and got crushed yesterday when he saw this plan put out from the governor. Now, look, the lines are open, and I want to talk honestly here for the next 15 minutes or so before we end the show. I want to give like some some quick thoughts, and I would love to hear what other people have to say, but we have to to talk about this because we just had Mark Marzullo on, Village Trustee. He's on the On Demand show that came out on Monday. It's still available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com. So that's available. We've talked with... Dr. David Beckman, he's a guy who's doing the antibody testing and the COVID-19 testing. He's a doctor. He's come on. He's talked about like how dangerous this is and why we need to have the social distancing. Look, you've listened to me for weeks. Tell people, wear your mask. Stay away from other people. Hannah, I saw something today. Before I get into this, let me give you a funny story. Today, I had a friend of mine who turned 40 years old. Okay? Okay. Her husband and I went to college together, and he lives over in Mount Greenwood. And he sends us all a text and he goes, let's get together and do one of those parades for our 40th birthday where we all drive by, right? So I grab some old mm-hmm. birthday decorations that I have because I'm not going to a store for birthday decorations because that's stupid because I'm supposed to be safe, right? The, the right. same thing is I got old birthday decorations. So I go put them on the side of the car and the part of the car that we're going to be driving by their house. I know the route. And I head over to 107th and Hamlin. This is where we're all okay. supposed to meet. I pull up, I park the car, I got air connects me. We both had these neck things that we bought that like, you know, motorcycle people wear. You know, it kind of like it goes around neck the entire thing? neck. Yeah, it's like a neck scarf thing. You kind of pull it up. It's like UV oh, protective. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I went out and got for everybody because the kids hated the mask thing. 
And I was like, I get it. It looks stupid. I understand. You put this around your neck. It's lightweight. I bought it on Amazon. I bought like a package of them. Everybody's got them. They're all different colors. You match your shirt and you throw it over your face. Okay. So otherwise you just wear it down. So when I'm walking around, I wear it around my neck. And when somebody's coming close and I feel like I can't walk around them, I pull my mask up. That's how I handle things. So anyway, Eric and I are both sitting there with our things. And I'm watching everybody else line up. Now, we purposely pulled up on the other side of the street because I'm like, I don't want to talk to any. I don't know anybody in this group, right? I kind of know them. I know that a lot of them are her friends. These women, most of which, as Erica said, they have, they have husbands that are police officers and firemen that are coming in contact with people. Like, they're at the most at risk that they could have possibly COVID-19, right? They're out of their cars. They're hugging. They're having big conversations. They all pull up. They don't live next to each other. Some of them haven't seen each other in six months. They don't know where the other one has been. They're leaning into each other's cars. They're hanging out with each other. Can I borrow your balloon? Oh, help me decorate the car, everything like that. Listen, that's not the way this works. <laughs> like, so he te- <laughs> This is not how right? this works. So my buddy texts me. Now, he wanted to have a safe, responsible thing for his wife. He texts me. He goes, how's it going? You guys should have been by here 10 minutes ago. I said, I'm not involved in this. I'm just sitting off the side. He goes, what's going on? I go, they're all out in the big circle hugging each other and telling stories. He goes, what? I said, yeah, you're going to have 10 new cases of COVID from your parade. And then he just starts swearing in the text message. And I, t- I started laughing. <laughs> right. I was like, this, is, this isn't how this works. So we drive by the house, right? So now we're driving by the house after they all finally get in their car. And they've all spread. If one of them had it, all of them have it by the time this is over, right? So we drive by the house. Mm-hmm. Now, he had said, just drive by the house, beep the horns, and then drive off, right? We were the yes. last car. As I come around the corner, they're all parked. They're out. Now that they've completed a thing, they're standing on the other side of the street all arm in arm with each other. I'm like, you're all idiots. Like, this is, this, <laughs> like, this is not, you're not social. What was the point of being in the parade? Why was, right. You're all going to get out of the car. <laughs> what was the point? That's so dumb. Okay, so uh-uh. hopefully that explains where I'm coming from here before I say what I'm going to say next. Because I've been a big proponent of social distancing. Been a big proponent of having the mask with you. Big proponent of crossing the street if somebody comes near you. I've been one of those people that said, hey, I get why we had to flatten the curve. But here's my big issue. And I don't get, like John said, I don't like to get political. This isn't political. First of all, if you find what I'm going to say next to be political, you're part of the problem. Because guess what? Both sides, the conservatives, the liberals, the Republicans, the Democrats, both sides are screwing this up terribly at this point. Both sides are doing everything they can to keep their political office. Both sides all trying to win the presidential election right now and using this, what either they're opening up too recklessly or they're not opening up at all, but both sides are using this. And you, the people... John Q. Public, me and you and anybody within the sound of my voice, we are the pawns in the game that are being treated like garbage right now because they don't care if your business lives or dies. They don't care if you live or die. They don't care if you get sick and die. They just care about what it looks like in the press and then how it's going to be portrayed on either the crazy right-wing channel or the crazy left-wing channel. But Mm -hmm. in the end, this is all Bull. And I have been trying to teach my kids now for the last couple of weeks. If this doesn't show you how the rich and the powerful in this country don't care about you, I don't know what will. If you don't have a healthy distrust 
of a big government, I don't know what to tell. At this point, I, I don't know what to tell you at this point. If you don't see something wrong from people and how they're handling this, if you are like, everything's wonderful, you are just an ostrich with your head in the sand. Okay. Yeah. Listen, you can't open everything up right now. People will die. You also can't keep everything closed for 18 months. And now, now tell me the reasoning behind this, Hannah. And this is, this is my, I, I'm going to give you two things. And I just want one person, one person to call me up or <laughs> jump into the chat room here while we're recording this live. One person to explain these, one of these two things to me. A, how is it that the Department of Public Health for the state of Illinois designated eight, or I'm sorry, 11 different areas based upon geographic region, population, and what the capabilities were of the hospitals in those regions as these 11 different areas, zones, that were going to be, you could separate if you were in the middle of a pandemic. And then this governor comes on and tells everybody, <laughs> I'm going to condense it down to four. I'm going to condense it down to four. Okay, so now if the west side of Chicago is out of control, Grundy County can't open. Forget me on the south side. Why does Grundy County have to do whatever the, the, the west side of Chicago has to do or the near north side of Chicago has to do? What, what is that? You're like, we would have been in a different zone here in Evergreen Park. And, we, and uh, you know, you're sitting here and you're actually thinking about this and analyzing this and trying to reason it. I can't even do that. I can't even, like, why? I can't get past why. I just cannot get past this makes no sense at all. I don't think he really cares about us, okay? Just like most of these politicians. Yeah, like I said, this isn't political because he ain't the only problem, okay? There's problems on both sides of the aisle. But I'm talking about him because he had the biggest effect on me in the last 24 hours. And everybody here, everybody who lives here, every single one of you, he affected you. Because trust me, even if you're like, oh, I think we should stay closed forever. Wonder what your property value is going to be like. Wonder what your life is going to be like when there's just ghost town down 95th Street. By the way, it's the barber shops and the salons getting priority over a restaurant. There's the other thing, Hannah. Which one brings in more money? Which one employs more people? How is it safer for me to let somebody have human contact with me and touch me? And when I'm in a bar shop or a salon or getting my nails done or whatever I'm doing, how is that safer than if a guy like John Brand or Sale over at Unidad or Mike Nicks over at the Red Palm or you name them, okay? The folks over at Porter Collins, I saw Jerry Dory today. How is that any different than if they go to half capacity like they're doing in Indiana and spread things out and put all their people in protective gear? How is how is that different? Why is it that they have to wait? If you look on that chart, they have to wait till they get to stage five before they can pretty much open up or stage stage. Yeah, maybe stage four. I don't know. It's going to take a long time. And, you know, we're going to be the last area that opens up because we're tied to Chicago. They're going to open up the southern part of the state. and They're not even going to open up the northern part of the state. This yeah. is what's going to happen. And, and and there's a reason why Orland Park is talking about we're, we're probably going to do this on our own. There's a reason why Peoria has already said yeah. they're doing this on their own. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I would be shocked and dismayed if right now the Evergreen Park folks, the people that run our government, are not having a serious discussion about whether or not we're going to open up against his order in some capacity. I'm not saying recklessly. But I'm saying, here's the occupancy, here are the rules, the health inspectors are going to be out, we're going to enforce it, but there's absolutely no way that we're following this because this is madness. And I think this is a real conversation everybody's having. I think at this point, people are having the conversation of, wait, 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 hold on a second, okay? Because we all expected something, but we didn't expect it to just be like this, okay? And we're yeah. seeing what everybody else is doing. 
I think everybody's having this conversation right now. First of all, I want to say this. I think there's a small percentage of people that are like, we should open everything up. This is a hoax. And guess what? They're wrong. Okay, they're it's wrong. Not a hoax. You can't open everything up, but it's oh. not a hoax. You're wrong. My husband has already lost, you know, one relative to this. So yeah, you've already lost a relative to this thing, and I had a friend on mm-hmm. a ventilator. It's not. It's not a hoax. There are also people no. who want to hide underneath their their bedroom covers for the next three years, and we can't do that. You either. can't do that. You okay? can't do that. And I think the majority of people are sitting where we're at. We're like, this is scary. This is bad. I got to be personally responsible for myself and my family. If I own a business, I got to be responsible for my business. And then we've got to figure out how we're going to get through this logically like adults. And and this was not that. And it was it was no. mind boggling. It felt like what he did was he sat down and he wrote something like stage one is something I already did. So you can't question it. Stage two is what I'm doing now. All right. Stage three could happen at some point, but I don't know when it's going to happen. And it's yeah, very vague. Stage yeah, four is like- way off in the future. And stage five, we don't even get to that unless there's a vaccine. What? <laughs> Got a caller coming in on the line, and I said I would put anybody on who wanted to come on. Caller, what's your name? Hi, uh, my name is Kathy. Um, I've lived in Evergreen Park since I was born uh, a long time ago. Congratulations, Kathy. The only, I, you know, I don't have a lot of complaints about Evergreen Park. I really like it. Um, the one complaint that I have, and it's just come to light recently, is that Evergreen Park is so far behind in the cyber world. So recently they've been selling these signs for the, that they want to the you know, use strong the proceeds signs. for the yes. first responders. Yes. That's something we don't, we don't even have it over here yet. My wife had me text somebody the other day and say, where are the signs? Cause I guess they're running out so quickly. My problem is they want cash or they want a check. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to the bank because I don't want to mess with this cash machine that everybody in the world has touched, even with a glove on. Okay. I do everything online. I pay all my bills online. Then they said, well, you can use a check. Have you ever written a check to the Village of Evergreen Park? (laughs) It takes them three weeks to cash the check. (laughs) Okay. So I I pay my water bill online. I, I have my bank send them a check. Right. And my bank's check seems to get cashed much more quickly than if I write them a check. Okay. Interesting. Okay. You want to see them catch up a little bit electronically. You're like, Hey, yeah. it's, it's 2020. Well, it's 2020. Let's get, yeah, let's get, let's get a PayPal account set up or a Venmo account set up for the food Thank bank. You. Let's this find us a way to do these kind of things. They need. Right. And I, you know what? I agree with you. And we could just use that for all these extraneous things. I wanted to make a donation to the food pantry. Well, you can't do that unless you write them a check. No, I I agree with you on that, actually. I'll be honest with you. I think a Venmo account or some way to be able to send money, and and they're going to have to adjust to that because in the new new world that we're in, you're going to have to give people a chance to be able to pay things digitally. Those are secure. I can understand being nervous about a PayPal account 10 years ago. Even I was. I was like, I'm going to put what on my phone? I'm going to attach my bank account to what? But now, now I use them. I get what you're talking about. I agree with you, Kathy. And you know what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to make sure that I reach out. I, Glenn Panuski has been on the show before. He's one. Of, he's basically the spokesman for Evergreen Park. He's also probably their most tech-savvy guy over there. I'm going to call him up and ask him what the deal is with it. And if they can't do it, I'll have an answer for you guys the next time we talk. How's that? Great. It's wonderful. Awesome. I appreciate. How are you hanging in, Kathy? I'm good. Yeah? I, I, 
I could I could probably turn into a hermit. This doesn't really bother me that much. <laughs> another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at the eppodcast.com. Whatever happened to predictability? The milkman, the paper boy, evening TV. Everywhere you look. Everywhere you go, there's a heart Hand to hold on to Everywhere you look, everywhere you go There's a face of somebody who needs you When you're lost out there and you're all alone light is waiting to carry you home everywhere you look everywhere, everywhere you, you look everywhere you look everywhere you look i'm looking i don't see it you gotta look everywhere oh there it is yeah